Hello and welcome back to Earth, Wind, and Water, Motif Magazine's leanest and greatest audio production. In each episode, Motif reporter Sam Zimmer explores environmental issues as they relate to the lives of Rhode Islanders. This week, she sits down with Leandro Kufa Castro, a musician and spoken word artist who has used his creative platforms to spread awareness around environmental issues and urban communities. Before we kick it over to Sam, we would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors, R1 Indoor Carding, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. Welcome to Earth, Wind, and Water, We Will Be Ancestors. Thank you to our sponsors, R1 Indoor Go-Karting, Trinity Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewery. We always start each episode with a land acknowledgement. For the people who have been here since before colonization, especially the Narragansett, Wapanoag, Nipmuc, and Niantic peoples who are still here in Rhode Island. Today we welcome Leandro Kufa Castro, who is currently working with Building Futures, has done a lot of work with Groundwork Rhode Island as a program coordinator, and has focused on creative practices to spread environmental awareness, specifically around climate change resiliency in urban communities. Kufa is also a project assistant at the Rhode Island Latino Arts. Originally from the Dominican Republic and raised in Pawtucket, Kufa is an artist, actor, and media producer who helped develop a new adaptation of Comedy of Errors slash Comedia de Equivocaciones for Trinity Reps Touring Production back in the summer of 2019, which toured public libraries and parks across Providence. Kufa has also worked as an agricultural apprentice with the Southside Community Land Trust. Welcome, Kufa. Thank you. Can you tell us how you first got started into work with environmental justice? Sure. So growing up in Pawtucket, between Pawtucket and Providence, now that I'm deep into the work, I try to look back if I ever really noticed any inequalities in, in environmental justice. And I, I really didn't at the time. I was just going going through life. But I was working for Rhode Island Latino Arts, creating some community walking tours for the people that lived there, especially the Latino community, Broad Street and, and, and the West End and so on. And um, at the time, one of my friends brought me into, into a CSA pickup, um, a CSA share pickup, uh, to pick up their, their monthly share. Where um, was that? That was on Broadway, off of Broadway, in this house that looked like a, like a garage. They, they used to host uh, the Moon Market there uh, once a year. And I, it, was, it was amazing. It was like the most colorful, beautiful uh, vegetables and fruits I had seen. Maybe I had memories of, 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 of produce that colorful from back in the Dominican Republic, but I had never seen it here. Mm-hmm. I think this was, yeah, and then there was also art uh, on the wall that 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 was so so bright and so beautiful i was just like where you know i have never seen any local produce and knowing i met some people there some of the farmers shook hands with them and i got this bug in me that i wanted to learn how to grow my own food i felt like if i did it would connect me a little more to to my home back in the dominican republic that it could be an activity that i can do to connect a little more with my parents mm-hmm. and with my parents because they've always told me of stories of, of when they ate from the land back in the DR and always we always romanticize our yard back home and how we can eat from it and this was an opportunity to be able to to kind of ground myself here. So I went on to do a, an apprenticeship with Southside Community Land Trust at a few farms in Providence and 
right away, you know, just being being new to this, it was like a whole new language, mm-hmm. whole new, just a whole new vocabulary of these vegetables. Trying to learn them in both English and Spanish, and 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 also, I my first year doing that, I noticed uh, I worked on the plant sale, the rare plant sale that the yeah, has. that just happens. Yeah, and and you know worked Everything. really hard. We sweat like crazy. I met some amazing friends there. But then I noticed that the day of the plant sale, hardly any community members from the south side were going. Oh, I was like, there's this disconnect. Like, how are these people coming from Maine down to this plant sale? What? But, like, people are not coming from Broad Street. Right. And they're not coming from Cranston Street. Like, what's happening? Wow. Um. So, so I, at the same time as being an artist, I, I, I remember I was performing at the PBD Fest that year. And I brought all, like, all the farmers there. And which which was amazing to have to have just like uh, have those two communities meet Mm -hmm. and seeing the farmers being so supportive and started organizing in that way, you know, seamless, seamlessly, just just kind of living in both worlds. And yeah, those skills led on to to for me caring about access to to local foods for for POC, low income communities. And that started that started uh, my to inspire me to work in this field. Wow, that's amazing. How do you think that this work um, connects to your work as an artist as well? Well, I think the first year that I started working, my first project was called Climate Safe Neighborhoods at Groundwork Rhode Island. And it was a project that basically gave us the information of GIS maps that tell you all this demographic information about and all the science information on how hot these neighborhoods are, uh, where it gets flooded, right. and and try to find a, a way to change or influence policy that can mitigate those. So I was just like, damn, I'm brand new to the scene, and I gotta try to influence policy. Like I have not even that connected to 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 like neighborhood meetings, right. or or I'm not. I don't even feel that comfortable going into city hall. Like how is this? How am I gonna do this? And I had those questions, and then immediately I try to use my tools uh, of an artist of organizing, of organizing and getting people together. Or like, what can I use? I definitely don't want to make a song about trees. Definitely don't want to <laughs> make a song about flooding. I I go I YouTube them for a while. I was like, I'm not gonna be. You that. thought about it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be that guy. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, if you do, big ups to you. But like, it just was not gonna be my thing. So I did do some video producing. For many years, so finally the second year I was like, okay, let me make videos to to do like educational video about, about environmental justice, environmental education, and I started, I started that way to incorporate my arts in there. But also it was it was just a way of like even jumping into the nonprofit world. If I use my first name, my birth name, and give up my artist name, and I I. I chose not to. I brought my artist name into my my daily life at work, so that I didn't, I didn't lose that community. That community that knew me and trusted in me. Like I wanted them, I I wanted them to have a, a name that they trusted, or somebody that they trusted, so that they can get in that line at that plant sale. You know. Yeah. So in that in that way, it, I was incorporating both both worlds, but it was hard because at first I couldn't find an intersection. But I think it naturally happened, just trying, just doing it whenever I did a community workshop, making sure it was really visual, that you can put your hands on it, that you can, you can express yourself, be angry. Mm-hmm. And so 
and not in a way of performing arts, but just knowing that, giving that space for people to, to react and people to feel and people to, um, to be honest and just be, be transparent about how they're feeling about the information that they're dealing with and, and, the, and the task at hand, whether it was um, tree planting, whether it was something that we were mad at with the city and so on. Yeah, that's really beautiful. For those that don't know, what kind of work does Building Futures, who you currently work with, do? Yeah, so uh, Building Futures, I am in essence a community organizer, but I do recruitment and I also uh, am the leadership coordinator. So I work to recruit people, uh, low-income folks from all Rhode Island that want to get into the trade unions, construction unions, from carpentry to plumbing to, to roofing to HVAC. And, you know, for those people that don't have an uncle or an aunt that, you know, or a family that grew up in the unions and don't know how to get in there because it's, you know, for, for, for what I know and for, for what has been true to me, you have to know somebody. In right. There. And this organization, basically, it's a pre-apprenticeship program, five weeks. We really train these people to be able to be successful in, in the registered apprenticeship, which takes about three to five years. And I I really enjoy this work because you see people really change their life from working at a dead-end job to getting into a career. And, and yeah, changing their life, not being worried about paying rent, not being worried about, you know, keeping a a roof over their their home and planning for their future. Mm. So I'm slowly also incorporating the environmental justice work within that 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 scope of work as much as I'm, you know the organization allows me but it's it's been fun trying trying to see and find pathways to to see where the con- construction and environmental justice mm, meet like lead buildings that sort of thing yeah yeah and, and we have a program called building green futures that introduces people to environmental justice and uh, local tree planting initiatives. They they planted around 120 trees last year in oh, wow. and CF awesome. um, and over Washington Park. So it's um it's exciting to see those those industries like you know work together. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the force like you working with them. Yeah. I'm That's excited. awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about the PVD tree plan and your role in it? Yeah. So the PVD tree plan, it's it's set out to be like this comprehensive plan that has the frontline communities, those like most impacted by, by the effects of climate change, of, of extreme heat, extreme flooding, mainly inner city folks, uh, people of color, communities that have been displaced that are, are just experiencing... Environmental racism. Environmental racism and everything that comes with it. Like, we've never been invited to the table to be on the planning table of, like, where are these green resources going to be placed? Mm. Uh, any accountability when, the, when, it, when it, where, where did the, the, the where, where were the trees planted? And we, we, right now, this initiative wants to put, you know, the, the state resources to have accountability and tell us where they planted in comparison to where it's most needed, we want to make a plan that that changes as uh, ch- changes every, every you know every time as we 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 react to to what is currently happening and as the heat keeps rising. Like if it's if if we have to focus on this zip code this year, oh uh, two nine oh nine oh two nine oh eight. Like w- that, make sure that the resources go there. Wow. And it's something that instead of just having who know who like uh, plan where these are going and who you know or or having the same kind of like approach to 
to, to greening or environmental resources as before, where I, with my experience, when I was part of any uh, tree plant, it was just like, who would raise their hand first? Right. Or where was it easiest to plant? Well, the areas that we are trying to, to, trying to green are not the easiest, you know? Uh, the uh, south side of Providence, the um, Oneyville, these are areas that are, that are low. You know, the, the people that are living there are usually not the ones that own it. They're not the tenants. Like, what voice do the tenants have? Right. And it's a conversation that should be had. Just finding those 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 vo- those voids of of connection with whatever resources the city has and who needs them. Why are they not getting them? Why are they not? Why are they not the first to to receive these? Right. It's actually it's not happening in planning because they haven't received it for ages and ages. So it's it, you know hopefully we we are getting in the, this intersection where we put things in place for even people who want to donate money that make sure that they follow guidelines of priority mm-hmm. of who needs it the most instead of just like, you know, first come, first serve. Yeah, that's really cool that y'all are keeping a pulse on the area too with the intention of reflecting and changing it based year to year, you know? Yeah. I feel like if a plan like this usually goes into effect, it's set until it's broken. Yeah. But... And there's, you know, into this plan, we want to have, you know, a city council be, be, be involved in these conversations. The zoning department be part of this conversation. Make sure that if we want something to change, like the, the people, the people are um, like the city forester is there on the, uh, on the table with us. That whatever change we make, there is some accountability factor where we hear back, mm-hmm. and that um, that stays in place. You know that it's not something that that you know somebody else comes in office and it, it blows out the water. So finding funding for for there to be a team that holds the city accountable and holds every one of these programs that means to do good in the city accountable. Sustainability for sustainability. Yeah. Yeah. How did the PVD tree plan come about? What's its origin story? So, you know, we've been having this conversation about environmental justice here amongst different groups. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had it with, with Groundwork Rhode Island when I, when I started there. And it, it was a project called Climate Safe Neighborhoods that came from an initiative down in Michigan mm-hmm. where we were, you know, we looked at the current situation, the current temperatures in the summer, We've seen people around like in California and like Richmond, Virginia, of people investing in areas that in frontline communities and, and, and looking at looking at how people were interacting with, out, with the outdoors. Was there a moment where it was like where you were asked to be on board or like maybe it was like with the groundwork Rhode Island's getting looped into the initial kind of launch of this plan? Yeah, so. In at Groundwork Rhode Island, I was I ran a few tree tree plants. You know, had a budget to plant some trees, and you know, if you look at Pawtucket and Central Falls, anywhere you plant, uh, well, overall it has a very low tree canopy. Mm-hmm. And going back to to where we wanted to ask the city, like where, where you know where are you planting? Are you planting in in the Woodlawn neighborhood, mm-hmm. or are you planting uh, which is which is the lowest tree canopy? place in, in Pawtucket. Are you planting downtown? What a misleading name. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, with 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 that disconnect that, that I personally had as an organizer to the city, 
I wanted to show as an example, mm-hmm. and it was written in the in the initiatives of a lot of the grants. Like we want you to make sure that you plant here, right? And we yeah we wanted to do that first as an example before going to the city and say you should change this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know we did that with about three hundred p- trees and in Pawtucket and Central Falls, and, and we did it beautifully working with community organizations like Progreso Latino, even even the, uh, uh, an organization called The Hero Room, uh, actually a, a shop called The Hero Room, which is like a sustainable beauty home shop. Cool. Who else? Uh, the city councils were involved in informing local businesses, reaching out a lot of schools. And, and looking at each school and seeing just just as simple as that, doing that due process of, like, which school is bare of trees. Right. And trying to connect with them was mm-hmm. it just took a lot of time, which yeah. also led me to, the, to, to another point, which is, like, these grants want you to, like, deliver right away. And these deliverables have to be so fast. And... And this conversation may be be new to, it was new to me as a first generation immigrant. Like it just took time. It took time for me to build that confidence to go into these planning meetings and call out environmental justice, environmental racism. It took time for me to learn not to go alone to those meetings and feel empowered by the people that I was going with. And it took time to, for people to have conversations with people about trees you know, that didn't trust trees because they were just so low on money and on getting by, like they couldn't risk having a tree like land on something or getting to the pipes and having that conversation get to a place where it's like, hey, as a community, we are trying to lower the temperature so that we can enjoy walking outside, mm-hmm. you know? And th- so then doing all that work and, and, and getting informed by, by, by the neighbors themselves, by other community organizers who were really trusted, the PBD tree plant came about, which, you know, had people in there like the Movement Education Outdoors, Youth in Action, uh, the Parks Department, the Department of Environment, uh, Environmental Management. And I was like, okay, here is a chance to really, you know, you have the decision makers on the table to make something that that really uh, is informed by those by those on the front lines that that hopefully gets continuous funding a ways that you know having all these all these thinkers all these people that are really good at grant writing right really good at keeping an organization or a project alive over the years how can we sit down and and do something to respond to 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 environmental justice and providence that is not just a one project and it's off. How, what, what, what can we leave in place that, that really uh, drives, you know, drives money where, where, it, where it needs to go, drive the attention where it needs to go? And, you know, for a long time when, it, when, it was, when I got into this work, there were so, just so many issues uh, attached to that, like attached to, um, to global warming, attached to, to responding to this, like, responding to all this racism that you see that are happening to your people that whenever you go to a meeting uh, an environmental justice or environmental organization like they're studying your neighborhood it's like it's it's very stressful very taxing on the soul to like just see your neighborhood your people there like low income high violence high heat and I'm so glad that this PBD tree plan has given us time to, like, we have a POC group part of it where we were able to vent. 
we're able to uh, grow grow energy with, with that bond that we're creating and like okay we we, we want to make sure our, our team is solid. There's an arborist on the table. There's the youth have a voice. Mm-hmm. There's elderly uh, uh, in, uh, within that group. There's um, and, um, indigenous folks on the group. I think the, I think it's, it's an exciting time for us to put something in place. And I, I'm just happy that I found one thing that we can definitely do to that is long lasting, which is make sure that to leave a, a, a policy in order in place where funds are not given uh, at first come first serve that they are taken they are taken through a process of an equation of like who needs it the most what neighborhoods need it the most no longer how long it will take to connect with that neighborhood you know i always give the example of um of my of my mom in 94 when we get, came here on the south side of Providence, you know, two jobs, two kids, not knowing the language. Like, if an organizer came to talk to us, like, we, number one, we would never be home. You know, we would hardly be home. We were at daycare. She was working. Right. Like, but this this lady here, this family was a family, like, that was, which is, like, the target audience for most mm-hmm. of our our. Our initiatives like how do we connect with her it's just gonna take time yeah it's not and trust and trust it's gonna take a long time mm-hmm. of some conversation like it's gonna it's gonna take it's gonna take some digging and it's gonna take some representation from that sit from 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 people in that community for her to trust and open that door mm-hmm. and I'm telling you if people are not there on the planning side of of, of all these of DEM of of these tree planting programs if people are not there let's say bank of america or td bank wants to plant some trees if people are not there in the planning department and the of the trees will go to like blackstone boulevard they will go to green areas if there's not a voice of representation and 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 that and that is super valuable to have somebody from that community because it's just they're going to have that language to be able to communicate uh, they may not have, you know, they 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 may come f- from with a different education than 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 a formal or like the 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 one they used to. But they come with skills and a way to connect with people that that you need if you really want to speak. And if equity is in your mission, um, these people can can make it happen. Representation is like matters. Or if not, if if not, you're just. Um, you know, just kind of helping the problem, helping the disparity. Right. So take your time if this isn't, you know, and that's what I, that's what I like about this plan is, is we are taking our time, making sure that, that we, we are right now talking to realtors, you know, from some of us that are part, have been on the fight of, of like, you know, fighting for tenant rights and, 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 and realtors like bringing up house values over and over again. It's like hard to sit down with these people. Some of these people are in my family and they're just trying to make a buck and they just haven't, don't have the education about like, about what, what's happening, how the people are being displaced or, or even, or even with the mentality of just like, I want, I don't, I don't want any risk on, on, on the home I'm buying. If you come from, from a place of not having much, of educating them on the value that trees have on a property. Right. And at least we start the conversation with them there, you know? It's, it's, it's the kind of things that we think about and the conversations that we have. 
And I hope that we, you know, we just, we want to have like a whole month talking to the zoning department and seeing like what, 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 you know, what big companies, what big organizations have unused lands that are, that are creating this urban heat island that are increasing the heat. Like, right. what can we do? What can we do to reverse the cement island? It's really shifting the whole way that capitalism works in a way where it's quick, quick, quick. And like you said, grants demanding quick turnover. Like, it's really beautiful that you're taking your time to dig deep yeah. into it. And shout out to all the POC leaders, like young and old, that are in this plan at, at every mm-hmm. level. Do you think that, you, you know, you kind of mentioned, oh, environmental justice is such a hot topic right now. This is a moment where, like... You know, there's a lot of people that are dropping this term. There are a lot of people um, gathering around the idea of environmental justice. Do you think that it's something that is just a seasonal thing? Or do you think it's a real change and a real movement? I mean, we all hope that it's a real movement. Do you see this being sustainable in the time of climate change? I know it's like more important now than ever. are you getting the sense from the city that this is something that's going to be long-lasting? Yeah, I feel like it definitely is. It's something that's going to be long, long-lasting. I think as we get more funds, you know, directed that way. Yeah. Plans like this are going to be needed in how those funds are are distributed, and that's that's the thing. Like once you walk, start walking this line of like, okay, let's let's add more trees. You you bump into so many other issues that right. you just like. Wow, there's so many areas that I just broken. Like when you know when I was running a youth program and we were taking surveys of trees and tree tree um, tree health and how trees were doing. Like you know, it was my first time leading youth and walking with them around the city. The neighborhood tree plan? And, well, not the neighborhood tree plan. This was in Pawtucket. Oh, okay. But it was just like. As we were walking in these like streets that were bare of trees, we noticed there was uh, the pedestrian safety was so hard. We noticed like the bus stops were like in the like in the hottest area. So like even if at one point you wanted to to drive a bike or ride a bike, like it was there was no bike lanes. There was no easy way to like cross the street. The like light, the pedestrian walks were were like broken. Mm. Now. It, you know, as we, we even looked at, it just has wake, woken up a lot of consciousness. It's just like we, we need to do something now. We need to make sure that, that the funds that are, that are coming are, are just are going, are, are available and people are accessible. You know, that, that because a lot of these communications with, with a lot of these, these programs, they are just going, you know, they're going out to an email list. They're putting up flyers and this. It's just not that a lot of communities communities don't communicate that way. Mm-hmm. It's just such an interact and like for myself, I started with just like okay, let's plant some trees. Now we some of the PVD tree plan uh, coordinators like added some comments about the electric vehicle refunds that are being given out by the Office of Energy Resources. You know, like how are those being distributed? Mm-hmm. And then seeing that they were gonna be distributed first come first serve too. You know, right. and it's just like I'm. I, I'm happy that we're very clear right now about like just like equitable distribution. That's one main, uh, one of our main focuses. Mm-hmm. And at least if we fix that, like we can leave something long lasting. And 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 there's so many programs like that. Um, I think 
that um, our our goals are clear, you know, and they're our goals are clear, and they're just gonna keep growing as as we we inspect the way we you know our communities have interacted with with the environment outside with the with with the, with the rivers with with um, with parks with the way we exercise outside. It's just gonna bring up more areas that need attention. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure within the tree plan there is like a longer line of like okay, so say you plant a tree and. So I guess, you know, you could ask, like, okay, say say you plant a tree and eventually, like, it starts pushing up your sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you call? That's what... Yeah, I think in, in, this, in, this, in this tree plant, it is really, even before planting and making those fast decisions, like bringing the arborist, the forester to the table and making sure that that, that, that is the right place to plant. Mm-hmm. I think that when, you know, these... these um, organizations and even private companies want to invest in green infrastructure that instead of have instead of providing them the idea of just tree planting like how about you invest that money and like we need help in the in the actually the maintenance you know and the maintenance of these trees and the watering of these trees because everybody wants to take a photo like with a, you know throwing some sand on a, on a newly planted tree <laughs> Hopefully some soil. <laughs> yeah, hopefully some soil. Like right at the end, it looks beautiful, you right. know. Right. But like it, it's it's a lot. It takes a lot long more than that. Yeah. It takes a lot more people. Like, you know, one thing we do with trees we planted and and creating that relationship with with the homeowners is like on extreme heat days, like we ask them to water the trees, you know. But some people are not there, not home, too busy, like. So a plan needs to be done for those, for for those, you know, mm-hmm. for those trees that that are not getting attention to make sure that that you know we're gonna see the benefits of them when the tree does mature. Right. So that 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 is within the plan and within the conversations that we're having the the sustainability and how long these trees can we make sure that they that they're gonna give us those those benefits with time. Can you share a little bit about the PVD tree plan? I feel like, oh, sorry, a little bit about the PVD tree plant survey. I feel like I've seen it advertised or heard about it in different ways, mostly on social media, a little bit in real life. Um, what is the survey? What's, what's being asked of people? How can people find it? Yeah, so this plan, like, you know, we, it was almost in our nature from, from being here in this system and of like fast turnaround. We, we wanted to bring it out, like, and just at some point, like, early on in the plan, um, and just, like, a few languages. And we're like, no, like, if we want to do this justly, we want to do it in, like, most languages spoken in, in Providence. And we did that, and it took, it, it took time. It took a lot of scratching our elbows, like, waiting for those things to be translated. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did. We did th- that due process. And basically, it is to get a pulse of, like, how are people how are people interacting with trees in the city where do they want to see more trees is it street trees is it uh, uh you know for the city to be able to to plant a tree in your in your private property what do you have in trouble when you when you have a when you have a tree on your home is it with the maintenance of it is it with the watering what neighborhoods do you feel like need more trees and where where do you go to interact with three with trees 
um, and it's asking us where we just wanna we just as we have a lot of open ended questions as to as to where where we, we should where we should be looking. Mm. I think that it's one thing to have a map. It's, it's it's one another another beautiful thing to have uh, members of the community on the table. But we you know every 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 we want we want to hear the voices of of, of people of that that are walking on these in these streets that are waiting for the bus. But uh, yeah, the survey is just to basically get a pulse on how are people interacting with trees? Where do they want to see a change? Do they want to be involved in this plan in the future? Cool. Um, yeah, and we have, a, we have a goal of about, I, be, I believe like 900 surveys, you know, to help inform this, you know, what kind of things we put in place with the PVD tree plan. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and the intentionality of, of having those open-ended questions so that you're getting people's ideas, yeah. you know? You're getting the unexpected. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we wanted to hear the voices of those communities. That, like I said, those those people, those the Spanish community, the, the uh, people on the south side, people in, in, in Oneyville, people, people around the Mount Pleasant area. And we were not getting it. Most people that were signing up were Caucasian from the West End or the East Side. So like we've had to get creative with like tabling at tabling at at, at parks of our target mm-hmm. neighborhoods. Like sitting down in our meetings and saying, "Okay, let's do five minutes. Everybody block out, f- contact five people of color from these neighborhoods that you know that are on your phone." That's awesome. Um, and don't, you know, just do it before leaving this room. <laughs> um, because it, it's just, if we leave it to the, you know, if we if we just put it out on the internet, you know, just that the, the people who only have access and have, have already had this conversation are going to fill it out. The algorithms are real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's really cool. Have, have you showed up at, like, um, like, events and stuff like that as well? What have I done? I, 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 I helped write... The commercials that went on to the Latinos uh, stations. Cool. I, what else did I do? I did one at at Dexter Park, Armory Park, and I know people are are like at the food truck at the Roger Williams, food truck Fridays. Is it? Cool. No I don't one, know about that. I should know about that. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> I I, that's one I want to go to. Nice. Uh, Nuevas Voces, which is out of Oneyville, are people who have who have taken the they're like an environmental group of Latinos from there. We had Sharad on here. Oh, you did. Okay, yep. cool. Talk about Nuevas Voces. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. How can folks follow the PVD tree plan as it grows and evolves? What are some uh, places where we could follow you on social media? Um, and any shout outs you'd like to give? Yeah, just go to our website, pvdtreeplan.org. Um, if you haven't taken the survey, take it, send it to a friend, follow us on Instagram, pvdtreeplan, pvdtreeplan, I think it is, yes. And, you know, follow our work through there, follow Movement Education Outdoor, follow Providence Neighborhood Planting Program, PNPP, and, and yeah. Reach, uh, reach, reach out to us through our website if you want to help. If you want to be part of this plan, as we come up with initiatives that we need more support in, you know we're gonna need as many people as possible. We're gonna need as many allies as possible. Um, yes, but thank you. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, appreciate thank you your so time. much for being here. It's really great having you. Thanks for letting us know about your experience and the PVD tree plan. Um, and thank you again to. 
our sponsors, uh, R1 Indoor Go-Karting, Graysdale Brewery, and Trinity Beer Garden. This has been Earth, Wind, and Water from Motif Magazine. We would like to take this opportunity to once more thank the sponsors for this episode, R1 Indoor Karting, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewing over at Island. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you join us again for our next episode.